you ready to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book? It's time to write your book. Welcome to the Write Hour, nonfiction tips from the Write Coach. And I'm Joyce Glass, your host. I am so glad you joined me today. Welcome to episode number 305 of The Write Hour. This is Joyce Glass, your host. This season, I've been interviewing writers from different fields, and today, my guest shares with you a different kind of publishing path to check out. Diane Lang is a practicing therapist, national speaker, educator, and certified positive psychology coach. She has a master's degree in counseling and is an adjunct professor in psychology at Montclair State University. She's written three books and has been featured in various publications and on TV and internet shows. You can find links to her fabulous books in the show notes, as well as her full bio will be in the show notes. Diane will spark some new ideas about your publishing options today. Welcome to the Right Hour, and this week we have Diane Lang. I'm so glad to have you here, Diane. Thank you so much for having me. And I wanted you to tell us just a little bit about you and your journey into writing. I know you've got a little bit different take than some of our traditional published or even some of our self-published. So explain a little bit about your journey, and then we'll talk about different kind of publishing that you deal with. You know, honestly, I wasn't even, you know, thinking of writing a book. We're going back about 10 years. I was teaching college at the time, full-time, and then I became a dean at a community college here in New Jersey. And I really started doing these workshops for moms re-entering the workforce. Um, And that's where I was at the time. You know, I just had a baby. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Do you want to go part-time, full-time? I think something we all struggle with. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Yes. So I started teaching a workshop on it, and one of the salespeople from one of the publishing companies at the time for educational publishing said, you know, what else do you do besides teach? And I was telling her I do these workshops, and she's like, I think that would be a great book. And I was like, okay, never even really thought about it. And it really just sent the excitement up because, you know, as a college professor, you do so much writing, you have to publish, even if it's journals or articles and you know, you never think of, you know, writing this big book, except for maybe your thesis or dissertation where it's, you know, so many pages. Right. So I got really excited and I didn't know much about educational publishing at the time. So she gave me all this information to contact one of the editors at the time, which was Bent Tree Press, which got bought out by a bigger publishing firm. But at the time, so I sent in a proposal and she wanted it and we wrote a book called Baby Steps, The Path from Motherhood to Career. And I went through an educational publisher and it was my first experience. And um, it was harder than I thought it would be to write a book. (laughs) Definitely, I remember being that I, you know, my summers are less because I'm off from teaching. I took the whole summer and it was just a small book. It was like 120 pages and a non And it still took me all summer to just get the manuscript, just to bring it over to the publishers to get it edited and then find a book cover and what type of book do you want? So off the hardcover, do you want, you know, kind of bind? Right. It was more work than I ever knew it was. (laughs) 
Um, so I, I now know how hard it is to be a writer. Uh, it's, it's amazing, like, what you guys have to do. And just even getting yourself to write can be really tough. Oh, yeah. But it, it, right? I can only imagine. But it's really enjoyable. And it was a process that I really love that now I just had my third book come out less than six months ago. And I, I think I'm hooked on, you know, not just teaching yeah. my work in college, but writing. It's a really big has piece. The, has the process become a little bit easier to you now that you kind of know it better? <laughs> the second book was much easier, but my third book, I had writer's block for years. I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to write about. And I teach so many workshops and everybody would come up to me and be like, you need a book, you know, just keep your workshops. And then just put it into a book, but it just wasn't that easy for me nah, to do. It's not. It is. And I wish you could, you know, but then I have so many different workshops. How do you put it together? So it took me, I think I had writer's block for two or three years. I could not get it out. And I knew I needed a new book and I was on to different types of workshops. So finally it did. And then the process, you know, became more fun again, but the writer's block, not so much. That's, that's really tough. <laughs> Well, can you explain to us a little bit more what exactly is educational publishing? Sure. You know, I know there's self-publishing and traditional publishing, but I've right. never really heard about educational publishing. So for anybody who actually is a teacher or an educator of any type, so if you teach K through 12 or you teach college like myself and you want to, you know, have a workbook or a you know, nonfiction book of any type that you want to use in your classes, whether it's college again or K through 12, you can send a proposal in which is the same type of proposal that it is for traditional, your marketing, your sales, who's your market, you know, your audience, all of the same type, the proposal is the same, but you send it into different educational publishers like Thompson would be, or McGraw or Kendall Hunt. There's, you know, a variety of them. Right are known to work with teachers and educators. So they have the ability to be like self-publishing where they can do it on demand. So even if your book comes out the end of August, but you need it for, you know, the day after Labor Day when class starts, they can have it done for you, both an ebook and a regular book, which is great. Yeah. So it's a really nice way to get it out there quickly, but it's also really good for people in education because they'll help promote the book through other schools and colleges. They won't traditionally uh, promote it like through bookstores. You're not going to get Barnes and Nobles or Walden books. They're not going to go out and promote it that way. You'll have to do more of that yourself, but they will, you know, they will promote it to other, you know, K through 12 or other colleges um, and send out some free copies to other educators who can review it and read it and maybe even adopt it to their own class. Mm -hmm. So they'll help you there. So it's really good for educators. That's um, right, yeah. Or if you're somebody who just does workshops, if you're a speaker who, you know, speaks a lot and sells the books in the back of the room or wants the book to be part of the workshop, you know, maybe it's a workbook style right. fiction and you want it to be included, it's another avenue. They do work with people like that as well. Um, again, you need to do a proposal, but you can definitely try and get in the door. Wonderful. Well, so are there any other um, ways that, that this has helped you as far as with your career? Uh, have you, has it helped you in exposure or just getting more, do you go and speak places? How do you, how has this helped you? So as a speaker, I really think it has helped because when I'm doing workshops, a lot of places that will book me love that you're an author as well. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I, I've noticed for me, and I'm not sure about other people, but being a speaker, working at a college, and also having a book, really the credentials from teaching college, and then having a book really add to your credibility to being hired as a speaker, yeah. whether you're know, speaking at corporations, colleges, libraries, schools, wherever you, or you know, you're just setting up your own, it really adds to the credibility of it. So I think for me, it has definitely helped. It also ups your sales, you know, because you can sell it in the back of the room at mm -hmm. an event, or I can include it in my workshops as, you know, part of the package. When you get a ticket to come to the event, you also get a book, you know, to use with all the information. So I have found it helpful. And it's also helpful as a, way, as a piece for promotion and exposure, just, you know, kind of sending it out in your newsletter and refreshing and getting, you know, more work that way, and more podcast and radio and TV interviews it's a reason to get you out there too. And then you can have your workshop match your book if you're nonfiction. You know, kind of the way fiction writers will go to a bookstore and read a part of their book for right. us. It's another way to promote both. You know, they work hand in hand. So my right. new book is Mindfully Happy, Waking Up to Life, and it's on mindfulness and happiness. So not only did I have the book, I also made that the title of the workshop. So I had a brand new workshop, a brand new book. So it definitely got me out there. It got me more speaking gigs, got me more exposure. So I think it's definitely helpful for a lot yes. of people. And and that way also people then get to take a little piece of you home with them. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't be everywhere all the time. And, you know, it's hard to absorb all that information in an hour or two in a yeah. workshop. And so being able to give them something to take home and digest and think about and work through some more is excellent. I love that idea. So what advice would you give or any kind of encouragement for um, new writers or maybe someone struggling like you did with your writer's book, <laughs> with their book, what advice would you have to help them? I really think it's a, a commitment. Like for me, I wasn't making the time, the way I would make the time to speak and write up my curriculum or, you know, write up my assignments or even sit down and just, you know, what do I want to discuss and make my handouts for the workshops. I wasn't putting in the same time and effort. I think I thought it was just going to come to me. Like, you know, all of a sudden I would just be, you know, somewhere driving. It just appears, like, oh. right? Yeah, it's like, wow, <laughs> time to write the book. Um, and it wasn't like that. It was like I really needed to just put some hours aside and say, this is writing time. And even if what I wrote I didn't like and I ended up ripping it up or just taking bits and pieces of it, I just needed to start. And I think for a lot of us who are not just authors, and who are not just writers because some people just naturally that's what they do you know they write for a newspaper they write books and i think for them that's their career so they notice that time even if they work from home you know even if they're freelance writers right. speakers or educators we set time aside for that or we also work full-time as well as have families so we forget to put time aside or sometimes i would put time aside and go but nothing's coming you know like i'm not having any <laughs> good thoughts so what do i do and that's when I learned that sometimes I could just write. And for me, I found things that were motivating me. So like for me, I would watch like a TED talk or a video on mindfulness or happiness from people that I idolized in my field. And just listening to some of the information that wasn't coming from my own workshops just motivated me for some ideas to write about. Right. So, yes, that's you know, that, does that work for you too as a writer? I'm not well, sure. Well, sometimes yeah. just... For me, I'm, I'm working on a novel right now, and I'm reading um, Stephen James's book, uh, Story Trump Structure, and just reading that will spark some ideas and thoughts. It's like, oh, because I have a fairly good idea what I want to happen in the story, but it's not totally solid yet, 
And so reading that makes me think, okay, so this could happen or this could happen or how can I do this? And definitely, and I love what you said about the commitment thing. I have had to do that with my novel because <laughs> don't, it's, it doesn't happen. And I have been working on this novel for two years. Um, but part of my struggle was, you know, with nonfiction, I'm a nonfiction writing coach. I've got that down pat and I have a, a process. With the novel, I have not figured out my process yet. And so that's where I'm struggling is what's my process, but the storage Trump structure, and I've got another book called the 90 day novel that is helping me get that process in place that both of them have kind of helped. They're a little different, but each one is giving me a piece of information that's really helping me stay on track, especially the 90 day novel, because he has a, a an exercise every day for you to do. Oh, wow. And that is really helpful. And I thought, you know, and, and that's what he does is he prompts you to write, he, you know, the first month you are just getting exploring it in the story. You're just free writing a lot of different things. And he's got writing prompts, you know, for the, the antagonist. My worst fear is my biggest secret is I never told anyone this, you know, and you just free write. Okay. If you're in the head of the character, what, what will he, what would they say to this? And it, it has brought out some surprising things. I went, huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it has helped solidify, you know, this path that I'm on. And like I said, it's not totally there, but it's gelling more than it was. And that's what was my struggle the past two years was, you know, the lack of commitment and just kind of not knowing what direction. Because I, I was first going one way, and then, no, that's not right. And then I started another way, oh, it's okay. <laughs> you know? And so now I'm like, Ooh, I like this. And so anybody I share the plot line with that, that as it is at, right at this moment, because it is subject to change, um, that they love it. And so I, I know I'm on a good thing right now. And so it's just making sure it's got the intensity because I want it to be suspense. So I do love what you're saying about that. It's just making that commitment to write. And for me, you know, I, I talked with somebody before, you know, they're like, I couldn't, say from eight to 10 every day I want to write I just because I just know I won't do it. And that's kind of like me. I, I'm, it's like I schedule that time in, but I may not get to it. So then I, what I've done is every day I look at my schedule and I'm like, okay, well, I didn't get to it here. Can I get to it down here? Right. And, and just make sure I fit it in somewhere, even if it's only 30 minutes or an hour. I mean, I prefer the two hours, but that just doesn't always happen realistically. So I know. Yeah. And, and for some people, and especially nonfiction books, I think you can get it, you know, you can still make good progress doing 30 minutes, an hour a day, even 15. Yeah, minutes, I agree. Because your mind will still be working on it, even though you may not be. If you, True. Keep, if you keep working on it every day, your mind's going to be looking for that information. Okay, we're writing about this. And you'll start to see things like, ooh, there's an article that will help me you know, give me some more information about this, or here's somebody's story. That would be great to put in the book, you know, that kind of thing. Have you had that happen? I do. I actually carry around, because I'm old school. I don't want to type it on my phone. I carry around um, a little journal with me in my pocketbook, mm -hmm. and I get thoughts at the weirdest times in the movies. I, I mean, sometimes even in the shower, I'm like, oh no, you know, you got to run out and try <laughs> to write something. 
Um, but like you said, sometimes it's just, I'll be teaching a class and someone brings up something and I'm like, oh, I got to write about that because I keep hearing it over and over and I know that's a topic that needs to be covered or, you know, people send a question in or I'm just doing research. Right. And all of a sudden. So, or I could be reading a magazine article just in between speaking gigs and I'm at Panera and I'm like, uh-oh, I need to write this down. So it does get sparked by yeah. anything whether it's educational, motivational, it, it really does. So I've, I've learned carrying around something that I could just write my ideas because I'm really so old school. I, you know, I just love writing everything down. It doesn't give me the same feel when I'm typing, like on a computer. Well, Except yeah. like you have an old typewriter. I love that behind you. Yeah, I don't I, use that. It, it, it's, funny. it's funny. I am like super digital girl, though, because I type faster than I write, and it actually forces oh, wow. me to write because my brain's going 90 to nothing and I'm like okay so I or or I use the um the, the audio I use put everything in Evernote oh, and I just do I, I can just do like a little recording and if I have like if I'm driving or something and I can't type I'll just record a little snippet of an idea so that that people works do that. yeah a lot of people talk into their phone but I'm the type who pulls over and writes it down <laughs> like I think we have to figure out what works best. Right, for us. you do, you do. You have to yeah. find the path that works best for you, and that's that's where I'm at with this novel process. You know, is finding out the path that's going to work best for me, and that's been part of my problem. Is I start reading this person, and they say do it this way, and I read this person, and they say do it this way, and I read this person, and I have not gotten where. <laughs> so right. that's why I'm that's sticking tough. to these two guys, and I'm just like nobody else i'm not listening to anybody else right now let's get the rough draft done but that's the thing and that and i have a client i've been working with she's been struggling with her story she's doing another children's book she wrote this one and she um was been struggling i said just write something out i don't care if it's not pretty i don't care if it's not like you want it just if it's random thoughts just write something out because she has this idea for the story but she's struggling on how to organize it and put it all together and I said just put the ideas out there and then we can organize it and make it pretty and all that good stuff and so that's that's my advice so what is your best writing time what I'll always love to ask my uh guests you know what it, what do you do you like to go in coffee shops or in your is there a place in your house what is your best place that you like to write I like to write at home I have a home office so, cause I also see clients there as a therapist. So I really like writing there. Um, I would say for me during the day is the best, especially in the morning or like late morning because my family's all out. I have some private time. I usually teach and see clients in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So my morning time, not too early cause I'm not a really morning person. Like I don't want to get up at six in the morning and write. I can't even focus. <laughs> but like 9.30 and 10. Right. Uh, for my walk because my walk wakes me up and having like that morning ritual that a lot of us have mm -hmm. you know some meditating walking whatever you do that wakes me up and then when I come back I'm really especially after walking or meditating you've gone into a conscious mindset you know you're not in your subconscious autopilot so you're more productive and you could really or creative you could just go in and dive in right so even, even if it ends up being just a newsletter like I now go in with the attitude of all right, even if I only get a few pages and it turns into an article or a newsletter, you know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But just try to write. In the summer, I'm a little more lazy. I'm not as disciplined as I am in the fall. Hey, but, that's all right. That's what summer's for. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do definitely try to because I write a newsletter once a week too. So 
I try to keep adding on to it because I can always take pieces of my newsletter and make it bigger into a book when I find topics that hit certain right. people or I know I'm hitting, you know, a point that people want to be knowing more information or need more help on. So I try to hold on to them because sometimes the motivation comes from picking the topics for my newsletter. So it's discipline. Like you said, it's commitment. It's, you know, discipline and really getting out there and doing it. There was a great book for us in nonfiction. I don't know if you've read it or you probably have the artist's way by julia cameron no i've not read that one um i've read um the art of war which is what's his name um i am drawing a blank um do you know who i'm talking about though i do i've never um, read the art of war and of he has something else the art of something oh, i forget but um but both of those were good but yeah i have heard of hers i just have never read hers it sounded like it was good it is really good. It just gives you a lot of prompts to really help yourself to get you, which can get you more into a creative mode and really bring up like all different creative ideas. It has like morning meditations. It has a lot like you were talking about where it has mm -hmm. different questions to answer. But for a lot of people, I think more nonfiction or even people just thinking to write like a memoir or, right. or just journal writing for their own health, you know, or therapeutic purposes, even if they don't want to be published. Um, it's a really great tool. It's just another great book that's out there. And it's a workbook style. So plan on doing some work when you're doing it. All right. Well, what was the name of that again? I can put the link in the show notes. Sure. The Artist Way by the Julie Cameron. Okay. Artist Way, Julie Cameron. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, sounds great. Well, and I and you bring up journaling. And I had a podcast. Um, I forget which number right now. Um, but she talked about journaling and it is powerful. It is powerful. Yeah. It's actually how I started um, kind of my writing path is years ago when my son was small, I was went from, I felt like I, you know, my life had went gone from 90 to nothing to like turtle speed, you know, because <laughs> I had been working and I had gone to school and I, um, and then I stayed home with him when he was a baby until he was about three. Then I started working part time and those first couple of years, I was just like, my brain was going, okay, we got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did a lot of reading and journaling and, um, I got involved with a writer's group and was able to, I wrote a couple of little funny short stories and just kind of things that were fun. And it, it sparked that idea of like, maybe I can write because you know? <laughs> I'd never really considered myself a writer and of course nobody had ever come along and said oh Joyce you're really good you should do that <laughs> you know, it was just uh, it was birthed out of my own you know pain and everything that was going on and baggage that I was just move, you know how you process things I was processing yeah. and it, my life had finally slowed down enough that my brain and my body could like go okay we need to discuss this you know, right? and work through it. And it was truly helpful. And I, I can't yeah. say enough of how helpful journaling is. And it's just something, you, you know, this is, it's powerful getting out of your mind and writing it on paper, what's on your heart and mind so that you, that you can see it. It also just kind of frees it that you can actually look at it a little more objectively than when it's all just up here rolling around <laughs> it, it's really it's great it's therapeutic to get it out get it off your chest and not hold on to it so you're internalizing it but it's also a great way to 
get everything out and then go back and become self-aware of patterns and habits and you right. know things you want to change because you could start seeing all your different patterns right. and what what's working what's not working what's triggering certain feelings you could start right. noticing and then you can make changes but we all need to be self-aware so journal writing for a lot of people is so not just therapeutic but it really is a self-awareness technique yes and, definitely. and it's great you know again you have to like writing it's not for everybody yes. but you know it really does work if yes. you're willing to put effort into it i i also found another self-awareness technique having children um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it for you've been there done that yes yeah I, I i was amazed when he was little he would do things and I'd be like is that what i sound like <laughs> i say that Wait, they hit the teenage years i'm at the teenage years it's a whole um, new no well mine's 21 he's <gasps> in college and gay. I baby <laughs> he was a baby a long time ago <laughs> There are moments I wish he still was a baby, or at least like three. <laughs> yeah, the teen years are tough. You're at least past all that. That's you're on to the uh, college and adult life. Yes. Now it's now it's he's engaged, and now it's like okay, when are you gonna get married, and when all that gonna go around? So yes, we're on to all that fun. But well, Diane, I greatly appreciate you being here and bringing this uh, to our attention. Educational publishing, like I said, I've never really heard of that and it's very helpful and then your tips on helping us with our writing just being mindful of our time and being able to you know like you said just write that's that's my big thing is just that if you're not sure what to write that's what i tell my clients all the time just start writing your thoughts out doesn't matter right. how crazy or random they are and like you said there will be pieces of it that'll be gold that are like that's what i'm trying to say that's what i that's how i want to work this and it'll help you so much. So I greatly appreciate you being here and pointing all that out for us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. And I learned a lot about, I can't wait to see your book. So <laughs> all right, keep I'll, I will keep you informed for sure. Thank you for joining me today on the Rhine Hour, nonfiction tips from the Rhine Coach. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen on your favorite app each week. Leave a review and let others know how they can learn about the craft and business of writing. It's time to write your book.